following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Sway averaging 51. Has that one blocked? And that's another touchdown for Dallas. This time it's Golston. Corey Clement came in and blocked it. And Golston winds up as the 19th Cowboy to score a touchdown this season. I'm not angry. Just give me the ball. Son of a bitch. Oh, if you didn't laugh, you'd have to cry, so you might as well laugh about it. Welcome to the show, everybody. Bob Matthews here with you after one of the ugliest games we have seen in recent memories. Yep, it's another Existential Crisis Monday. I thought we were kind of through with Existential Crisis Mondays as of about six days ago. But, in fact, here we are yet again. By now, obviously, you saw the fight between Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, those two showing more fight off the field than they were on it. Washington is now 6-9. and nine. If you want to have some fun this weekend, go ahead and put a parlay on the teams you need to win for Washington to get into the playoffs. That'd probably be a pretty sweet payoff. If you could do it, we're going to hear from both Allen and Payne, uh, Deron Payne's entire press conference after the game. If you didn't see it lasted literally 48 seconds, uh, it wasn't a whole lot, I guess he could say. So we'll hear from them about what happened. And then Ron Rivera talked with us earlier today on Monday, and we'll hear from Rivera as well. First though, Let's do some final thoughts on this one. Yeah, it was pretty much the worst loss. I was trying to think back last night. I'd have to say probably the worst one since that that game up in New England with Joe Gibbs 2.0. That was that was pretty bad as well. They just didn't have chances. I mean literally from right after the opening kickoff it was done let's start with the fight first i don't know what happened i know that i would have as a fan sitting at home watching like to have seen rivera address it right there on the field now i get it that's that's not the kind of guy rivera is but I, I think he needs <clears throat> to take some of this outside of just, you know, behind closed doors in the locker room. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, he's he's got to show the fan base that he's in charge and, and he's not putting up with this. I know he's, he's very tight-lipped, and he said after the game, what's said between my players and I 
you know, it's nobody's business. But he's he obfuscated after the game. Well, he, he flat out lied after the game and said that he didn't know about it and, you know, just learning about it and addressed it with him after the team, after the game, told Michelle Tafoya that he addressed it with the team and with the two players at halftime. So which one is it, Ron? And, you know, this, everything's fine if you win, but when things like this start happening, it gets harder and harder to, uh, to keep, you know, to keep this thing from, from going down and spiraling out of control. Um, I had a problem with the effort last night. I really did. Now, no doubt, this team was completely outmatched on a vari- for a variety of reasons. COVID, injuries, the DeShazer-Everett situation. I get all that. But the effort still was piss poor. It wasn't there. If it had been there, the game would have it would have been more like a, a a thirty-five to fourteen game or something like that. I was we were down at High Point, my in-laws for Christmas, and my brother-in-law is a die-hard Cowboys fan, and born in Texas, yada yada yada. And I said to him before we left, I said, "Look, Dallas should win this game thirty-four to nothing. That's about the way it should have gone, thirty-four to nothing." Not 56 to 14, not 42 points in the first half. I mean, after that first punt, Dallas scored on every possession from the first quarter till midway through the fourth. <coughs> that's just, that's not the way a professional football team behaves or plays. And I don't care how many players you're down. It, it clearly, the effort just wasn't there last night. And I, don't see why, because win that game and you're uh, coming home to play the Eagles with a chance to get back into the the, the seventh seed. Remember, nine wins was going to get you in the playoffs. Now it's joining an inside straight, which in, includes winning out, which clearly is, is not going to happen. And the season is pretty much done. I think it's time for all of us, me included, to uh, bail on Taylor Heineke to a certain extent. Great story. Want him on my team. He is a great guy to bring off the bench for a spark. Competes his ass off. Has intangibles that you can't that you can't measure and that a team can really use. But he's not a starting quarterback, and you saw that last night. Throwing off his back foot, no arm strength, not the kind you need. It's just, it's not going to happen. You're going to hear Ron Rivera talk about the quarterbacks in a little while, but it's time. It is time to figure out what you're going to do next year. Are you going to go all in and try to make a deal for a veteran like Russell Wilson? Uh, go in a little bit less, hopefully, and make a deal for a guy like David Carr? Or are you going to go all in on one of and move up to make sure that you get the guy that you have identified in this draft as being the quarterback that gives you the best chance to develop that guy into a franchise quarterback? You can't wait any longer. I'm sorry. And amazingly, Chris Collinsworth brought up an, uh, an excellent point last night. I mean, look at the teams that are 
currently in the playoffs, okay? And how many of them have franchise quarterbacks? I mean, seriously, let, let's just take a look at it. I mean, on the NFC side, you know, we'll, we'll go in order of seeds here. Green Bay, I'd say they have a franchise quarterback. Cowboys mm, seem to have a franchise quarterback. The Rams, yeah, they got a franchise quarterback in Matt Stafford. Tampa, I would say that's probably a franchise quarterback there. Arizona, Kyler Murray, yeah, I think he is a franchise quarterback. Jimmy Garoppolo, San Francisco, who's in the sixth seed, maybe yes, maybe no, but a hell of a lot better than the situation we've got in Washington. And in Philly, is Jalen Hurts a franchise quarterback? Maybe yes, maybe no, but again, a hell of a lot closer to being one than you got in Washington. Look at the AFC side. I would say the Kansas City Chiefs probably have a franchise quarterback. The Tennessee Titans, yeah, Ryan Tannehill has developed into a franchise quarterback. He was projected to be one when he was drafted. It took a few years, but yeah. Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, franchise quarterback. Josh Allen, franchise quarterback. Carson Wentz, franchise quarterback. Yeah, he's maybe not at the level of a Burrow or an Allen, and you had to put some pieces around him, but franchise quarterback right now. Mac Jones, yeah, looking like he is going to be a franchise quarterback. And Lamar Jackson when he comes back with the Ravens. So there are your playoff teams, 14 of them. All of them have a franchise quarterback to some degree. And what that says is that the days of – and I was wrong because I, I thought they could do it. I, I thought, you know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they could build around this defense, have a game manager, and, and be able to make a viable run at some point in time. But it doesn't look like that's where we are in the NFL right now. And I, I was the one I quoted stats and totaled up the number of Super Bowl winners between first-rounders and non-first-rounders and blah, 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 all that. Well, we are where we are. And where we are in present day in the NFL is that you got to have a franchise quarterback. So if you think that you can get Russell Wilson to agree to a trade, give him a bunch of money, give up, two or three first-round draft picks, if you think he can play that long, and go sign him. And if you think there is a guy in the draft that by the middle of next year we can be talking about as a guy who's you know kind of has a Justin Herbert-type buzz to him, then give up three or four first-round draft picks to go get him. Mortgage the farm. You have to do it. It's it's just it's critical right now. You're I think as much as this team has been in an inflection point at various times in the last 25 years or so, you're really at one now. I mean, the the fan base, it's decimated. I said earlier this year, last year, I said you're down to your P1s, which in radio terms are the people that when they turn on the radio. They punch that first, that first button that they punch is to your station. They're your most diehard fans. That is what they were down to earlier in the year out at FedEx. And they've lost some of them. No, scratch that. They've lost a lot of them. I can't. Personally, 
because I love schadenfreude so much, I can't wait to get up to FedEx Sunday because it's going to be surreal. I mean, these Eagles fans, man, this is going to be an Eagles home game. That's all there is to it. They're going to take over the stadium, and it's going to be yet another embarrassment for Dan Snyder and this organization. And I know, you know, the I know the conventional wisdom. The NFL is just going to ride out this latest PR flat. They're not going to do anything. Snyder will never sell the team if they tried to remove him some some way somehow. He would sue them from now until the end of time. I, you know, at some point, his mismanagement of this franchise has got to cost the NFL enough money to where they say the juice isn't worth the squeeze anymore, that he's run out of time to to get it right. Maybe that's maybe that's why they didn't publish the Wilkinson report, because they knew their their um, their hand was going to be forced there. It's quite possible. Uh, I was going to talk about the injury situation, but you know, it's it is what it is. Um, we can delve into we can dive into that, do a deeper dive on that. At another time, suffice to say, I, I I give Ron Rivera a lot of responsibility on that one too. Let's get to Jonathan Allen and to Ron Payne. Uh, last night after the game, I will play you their quest the questions and their answers about the fight in their entirety. So first up, uh, here's Deron Payne. Uh, just a little brotherly disagreement, maybe uh, the wrong place, wrong time, but hey, it happened. It is what it is. What were you guys disagreeing on? I mean, this is between us. Well, what happened afterward? How, how did it get resolved? So we just started back playing football. Are you guys okay now? Huh? Are you, you good now? It's all good. It's about to happen. I mean, you guys have gone back years. Why do you think it boiled over to the point it did? I mean, you got, you got brothers. You got fired, don't it? It happened. Like that happened before? I mean, I got a bunch of brothers, so. Uh, to me, it reminded me of uh, Roy Kent and Jamie Tart getting into it in season one of Ted Lasso. Uh, I don't know how you come uh, back from something like that. Uh, here's Jonathan Allen, though, uh, after the game. And to credit both of the players, both of them came and faced the music after the game. And they didn't have to. So, you know, kudos to both of them for stepping up and it, at least giving a comment about it. Here's John Allen. Hey, John, what, what happened with you and John? You know, when things are going bad like they are, things get heated. Um, I think everybody saw what happened. Um, I, I think the important thing is we're going to move forward from it. it happens. Brothers fight. What, what, are the ne- what are the next steps here? I mean, the next step is moving on. The thing about when something happens on the field, you never let it carry into the locker room. You know what I mean? So things get heated. We fix them. We sit down as grown men and we move on. What was the disagreement about? I mean, I don't think you... It takes a rock inside just to, you know, if you look at how that game went, I mean, emotions are high, things are high, things happen. You guys have dealt with a lot off the field, too, in recent weeks between COVID, the Shazer, injuries to key guys. How do you, or are you able to kind of separate that fully from the game, or does that affect you guys like anybody else? I mean, it it definitely affects us, but as professionals, it's our job to go out there and play good football, which for the last two weeks has been probably some of the worst football I've ever been a part of, including myself. So, I mean, we have no one to blame but ourselves, and, you know, we just got to do what we got to do, starting in practice. John, you had talked a lot about 
the defense staying together during that stretch. So for something like this to happen on Sunday Night Football in front of an audience, how disappointed are you? It's unfortunate for sure. You knew, you know, I, we're better than that. But as a man, I'm gonna take full responsibility for my actions and plan to do the same. You guys, you guys have talked about being resilient a lot uh, this year. Do you, do you feel like you guys were resilient in the second half? And if so, why or when? I mean, compared to the first, yes, but we're still nowhere near to where we want to be. I mean, it was a pretty embarrassing performance for the second week. I think that pretty much sums it up. Pretty embarrassing performance, indeed. Well, six and nine. What happens now? Uh, all I know is it's it's going to be ugly at FedEx, at least at the start of the game, because that place is going to be at least 60% Eagle fans and Quite honestly, if it's more than that, I wouldn't blame anyone who's got a ticket to that game and it's a Washington football fan. If they sold it or just decided to eat the price of it and knock on it all. At this point, you know, I think you're going to see a lot of the P1s that are left check out because they don't feel like there's, there's anything worth cheering for anymore that's where it becomes dangerous for the organization when it comes to fans it's one thing for the fan base to be pissed off but when they cross into apathy you're done and i i still wonder when is the league going to take a look at that and say dan snyder's costing us money we got to get him out of there i don't know all right we're going to take a break when we come back ron rivera uh, earlier today He's had a chance to dissect the film. He has got some news on the quarterbacks, all that and more. When we come back, it's the Bob Matthews Show here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. We would like it to be a little more even than it was Sunday night. But nevertheless, with the latest latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you're going to be a winner once a single point scored. New customers who bet $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. And if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score. Win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score. You score with the promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. Your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Speaking of hockey and the Washington Capitals, the functional team in the district, their game tonight with Ottawa has been postponed. The Caps will be back on the ice against Nashville on Wednesday night, that's a 7 p.m. face-off at Cap One Arena. Then they close out the year 2021 with a game in Detroit New Year's Eve. And we'll have some 
COVID news for you, I, I think, on uh, Wednesday as well. Also, hopefully, we'll be doing a watch-along Wednesday night. Uh, check the Hockey Podcast Network's uh, website and YouTube page for more information on that. All right, back to Ashburn now. Ron Rivera meeting with reporters this afternoon. Obviously, first question, how do you recover from something like we saw Sunday night? The message is we got two games left to play. Let's go out and play them. I mean, you lose a game, okay, and 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 whether you lose it by one or you lose it by what we lost it by, uh, what was that, uh, 42, um, it's a loss. Sure, it was a big score, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, 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 it happens. It's going to happen. You playing this game long enough, you're going to have these kind of defeats. How you handle them, now that's important. How you come back, that's important. You know, that will talk about what our character is. That will talk about where we are more so than anything else. That, to me, is what's really important. Um, I get it. We lost. Okay. Hey, I'm going to take responsibility. We got to play better. I know that. We got to coach better. I know that. Um, you know, we'll go back to work and we'll work hard. You know, it, it, you know as, 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 as Nikki, and I appreciate her bringing it up, alluded to, is we've been dealing with a lot of shit. And, and, and so, um, you know, it, it's – it's something that we've got to learn to deal with and handle uh, and at the same time be able to go forward and, and, and play, uh, play to our abilities, play to what we're capable of. And, and, and today was or yesterday was not an indication, in my opinion, of, of what we're capable of. Yeah, neither was that game against Philadelphia five days before that or the Dallas game at FedEx. Was Rivera worried about a letdown? with all of the COVID issues, with the injuries, and with the Shazer Everett situation. Uh, he said, yeah, he was, just didn't think it'd be quite this bad. Probably not to this degree. You know, I, I was concerned about a letdown. Um, you know, I, I, I thought the, the, the big letdown really would have, would have been that first half of the first Dallas game. Uh, but in light of the things that happened and transpired last week, that that, that – kind of doesn't surprise me, um, unfortunately. Um, but it's, you know, it, it's tough because, you know, we had so many guys that went on the list and, and it was crazy because I talked to so many of them when they first went on the list and they all, all they wanted to do was get back. You know, they, look, I, you know, I don't, I felt bad yesterday, but I'm feeling great now. You know, I don't, I don't, I'm not coughing. I don't have a, I don't have a runny nose or sore throat. I'm, I'm you know, I have a fever anymore. You know, how come I can't, well, I've got to follow the rules. I mean, I could say 12 guys said that to me. You know, when, when they when they went on the list and, and a day or two later, they were aching to get back. They, they couldn't wait to get back. They wanted to get they wanted to play. And, and, and I think part of it was because, we, you know, we were still in position. We still had an opportunity going into Philadelphia. And, and, and that was the hard That was probably the hardest one um, because, it, it, you know, it happened. And when it happened, you know, and, and, and I think that was one of the struggles we had was guys just wanted to get back and, and not being able to get them all back. That was tough. How about the quarterback situation, both Taylor Heineke, his performance, and who we are going to see this weekend? Uh, Rivera making some news on that second point, saying, yeah, you're going to see both Heineke and Kyle Allen against Philadelphia. I thought Taylor missed some opportunities. Um, I, I do think he got a little bit rattled and started throwing off his back leg a couple times. He had a couple opportunities that, that I know that if he could have you know, really stood tall in there, he, he'd, have, he'd have completed those um, the very first throw um, was, 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 was unfortunate because he had Terry. If he could have put that out to the sideline, I think Terry makes that play. I, I think that's a big play. Um, unfortunately, he hung it out. 
and it, and it stayed more to the middle. I mean, if that ball gets to the sideline, it's either a big catch for Terry or it's incomplete. Having now watched the tape, do you have any other thoughts about possibly making a change at quarterback? And if not, why? No, I, I think, again, um, will we play Kyle? Probably. But we're going to stick with Taylor right now. But will we play Kyle? Probably. You know, and and and, and not as an indictment of Taylor or anything like that, but just that, uh, you know, we also want to make sure we get a really good look at Kyle. Yeah, you probably need to because if they draft a quarterback this offseason – you're still going to need that bridge next year. And, I mean, what we've seen from Kyle Allen, his last two performances, including last night, and granted, fourth quarter, the Cowboys had their foot off the gas and had only had, you know, a 42-point lead. So they're not going to be playing it as tough as they would if uh, if it was a close game. But, you know, uh, Kyle Allen threw the ball on time, got it out quick, and got it into receivers' hands where it needed to be. And he did that against Dallas a couple of weeks ago as well when Heineke was hurt. Uh, it's time to see what he can do. All right, finally, uh, here's Rivera on uh, talking to Deron Payne and John Allen after the game. Well, I mean, it's part of it. I mean, uh, um, you know, and, and I don't know if you heard what I said yesterday, but I talked to both of them afterwards and had an individual conversation. And I'll talk with them again. But for the most part, you know, these guys have known each other for eight years. They played together collegiately, they played together professionally. And there's a lot of pride. Um, and there was a lot of frustration yesterday. Um, and things do tend to boil over. Um, I've been part of this before as a player. I've seen it happen on the sidelines as a coach, as a position coach. I saw it happen. Saw it happen in Philadelphia. I saw it happen in Chicago as a coordinator. Saw it happen in San Diego as a coordinator. And then I had it happen to me a couple of times in Carolina. I had it happen between two of our defensive linemen, um, um, Charles Johnson and, 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 and uh, Greg Hardy. Uh, I saw it happen between Cam Newton and uh, Josh Norman. Um, you know, and it's something that, you know, guys tend to work out amongst themselves, uh, you know, without having to be told. Uh, one of the things that I really appreciated when I was in Carolina, I had players come to me and tell me, we got this. You don't need to address it. You know, um, so I didn't. In this case, I went to the two guys just because who they are. And, and, and it happened so early, <laughs> to be honest. Usually something like this happens in a few more years, but th this happened early. So I went and talked to them both just so they both understand, you know, where they are, who they are, and what they mean to us as football players. You know, when, when, when you're here together, you compete, you compete, you compete, and, you know, you build that up, and then it continues. And after a while, um, the competing, you know, really just brings out the real true competitiveness of, of, of who they are. I, maybe I should have expected because they've been playing together for as long as they have, you know. So, um, but my point just being is that when, when guys are around each other for a long time, you know, they, they expect certain things from each other and they challenge each other a little bit. And sometimes it gets a little bit out of hand. The, the guys have to understand, they, they, you know, that, that this has to be something that, you know, that has to, uh, you have to, you have to set aside. Sure, it happened, you know, during a game, but it happened because of the passion of the game. It happened because of uh, the frustrations that come out, you know. Um, I, I'd rather see them frustrated. I'd rather see them 
passionate about playing the game, then okay, yeah, whatever, and then move on. Um, I think that's probably, you know, to a degree, a good thing. Um, but you really don't want, you know, want it to be like that, uh, from what I understand. From what I understand. There's more going on there. I just wish he would have shared it with us and to another, by another, by extension, to the fans as well. Because I think there's a real, there's yet another crisis brewing in Asheville. All right. Washington and the Eagles, FedEx Field Sunday. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Um, Caps and Predators, Wednesday night. We will hopefully have a watch-along for you. Don't forget, uh, you can download the podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network website anytime you want. Give us a follow on Twitter, at BobMatthews965. Talk to you after Wednesday night's game. Remember, like the wise man once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, you wear white. Meet damn sure the pilot. Watch this hand.